Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 57 of Season 4 Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and pointed journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal McGrath rom-com with Aaron and Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Todd Liebenau of Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Thank you, Rob. Minute 57 begins with the taxi continuing to take off and ends with an external shot of the sharper image. So yesterday we ended things where, you know, Harry, Sally, Jess, and Marie were, were walking uh, comfortably, you know, trying to, to walk off their, their little meal that they just had, you know, in, in uh, I think, was it, it was the Amsterdam Cafe? I'm trying to remember the name of the, the where they were. Uh, maybe. I think that might have been where they were. And as they're walking off, the the, the the two the two pairs break off, the men and the women, and they, you know, both Marie and Jess have great ideas that they want to date the other one. Uh, but, you know, Harry and Sally tell each of them that they must wait in order to, you know, not hurt the feelings of, you know, Harry and Sally. And Jess agrees to that and then decides to leave. He hails a cab. Marie decides to join him. The two of them quickly jump into the cab and the cab just takes off. And that's pretty much how this minute begins. We get the the final, I think, like two seconds of the cab before it's like completely gone. Mm-hmm. And then we get a shot of Harry and Sally, who both look completely dumbfounded, completely in shock <laughs> as to what just happened here. You know, yeah, I, I love the way this minute starts because the look of bewilderment on Meg Ryan's face is priceless. Yes, <laughs> it really is. You know, like neither one of them knows what just hit them. You know, and then they, they turn to one another and both, you know, sort of like shrug their shoulders and and they each sort of give a smile to one another. You know, as if, okay, well, at least it worked out for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a well we tried <laughs> type <of thing. laughs> <Yeah>. exactly <laughs> well they tried and they succeeded you know i guess i guess so yeah not in the way they expected but yeah in that moment do you think that harry and sally think that this is going to go anywhere between jess and marie or that they're like ah they'll they'll you know it's not going to work out they, they could yeah, i mean they're their best friends they know them right you know they could be standing there saying, ah, that'll never work. Um, I, I think they're, both of them are too much in shock to figure it out, to even think about <laughs> it at this point. Yeah. You know, they've, they've, they've both just really been hit really hard in the face by this whole thing because neither was expecting it. And, it, you know, within, within seconds, the whole thing happens within 10 seconds. I mean, it's a very, right. very quick uh, thing. And the two of them are in shock. I mean, when we get into the script, there's a little more that there's there's a little bit of dialogue between the two of them, uh, but you'll you'll have to wait until the end of, of today's episode to to actually hear about the script. But okay. you know, it's okay. just a little bit of a spoiler that that that's going to happen, and that that gives us a little bit more insight into possibly what Harry and Sally are feeling. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So, did you want to say anything else about the the two of them before we get into the documentary couple? No, no, go right ahead. Okay. All right. So th- we get another one of these documentary couples. Um, it is uh, two Oriental. Uh, it's an older Oriental couple, right? The, the 
the man is played by an actor named uh, Peter Pan. That's pretty wild. Yes. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, Peter Pan. Okay. <laughs> yes. He he never wanted to grow. He never wanted to grow up. He never wanted to grow up. No. No. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Peter Pan was born in 1903 and passed away in 1990, so not long after this movie uh, came out. You know, like it actually, he he passed away in in March of 1990. So we're talking only nine months after this movie came out that he passed away. Uh, he passed away at the age of uh, 86 because it was just uh, I think a week or two before before his his 87th birthday. He only has 18 IMDb credits. Most of them are bit parts. You know, it's not like some of the other uh, actors in the documentary couples where, where we've actually found people who have some some standout uh, performances in other movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the woman is named uh, Jane Chung, and she was born in 1911 and passed away in 2012. She lived to the age of 101. Wow. Yeah. Good for Thursday. her. <laughs> That's right. And she has 21 IMDb credits, but also nothing uh, that stands out. Now, what I found. To oh, no, be... no, no. Wait, there is one that stands out. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. And I haven't, I haven't seen this, but she's in another movie with Billy Crystal. Um, it's a movie from 1978 called Rabbit Test. It's okay. Just... I've never seen that one. Yeah, this is the movie where Billy Crystal plays a pregnant man. And um, it, you know, came and went very quickly. Um, I'm pretty sure Billy Crystal was on Soap, the TV series Soap at the time that Mm -hmm. that came out. Um, But the thing I always remember about Rabbit Test, because it came out on VHS probably somewhere around you know, 85 or so, because Billy Crystal, you know, Billy Crystal had been out there and around and things. Um, he was on soap and he did stand up and such, but it was, I think the 1984 season of Saturday night live where he really saw a resurgence and people were really tuned into Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. And so somewhere right after around there, 85, someone who had the rights to this movie about a pregnant dude that, that had Billy Crystal in it, they're like, oh, well, let's release this thing on VHS. And when you see like the poster and the marketing for this movie, the thing it focuses on the most is that it's directed by Joan Rivers and they really play up Joan (laughs) Rivers involvement. In fact, the poster, if I remember correctly, has a picture of Billy Crystal standing there pregnant and then Joan Rivers is there. And it's like, you know, what other pointing at is she's pointing at his belly. Right. Right. And it's like, you don't generally see the director of the movie on the, you know, with an image of them on the poster and that, but I I think that this actress, you know, going back to the, the elderly couple in this sequence, I think her part, if I remember what I saw on IMDb, I think she's uncredited. Just as woman. Yeah, so you know it's, it's probably <laughs> just a, a a bit passing part here, but I was like, oh well, she's in another Billy Crystal movie. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You were right. I I I missed that one. I I uh, I take my hat off to you. <laughs> well, it's a forgotten film. I have to bring up the forgotten films, you know. Have you have you reviewed it yet? I have not seen it. No. Yeah. I think. Ooh. So there you go. Now, I you, now say, you actually have something to add. Yeah. I mean, I think. 
it's it i mean to this day it's still hard to find i think there may be a copy out there on youtube but you know those aren't exactly legit <laughs> so right okay uh, you don't use those for if it's on youtube you won't use it uh you know i i, I don't tend to use those for reviews but you know we'll see okay. we'll see that's fair that's fair so sh what, what i found really interesting though is is that the these two actors, um, uh, they were they were obviously born eight years apart, but their birthdays are one day apart. Oh, cool! She was born on March on March thirtieth, and he was born on March thirty first. Uh, again, eight years apart, but still, you know, I found that to be uh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so the the rest of this minute is basically this man telling the story. Yeah. So he says, <laughs> "A man came to me and said, I found a nice girl for you.'" She lives in the next village. You know, he, he does the, the check of uh, W's. You know. <laughs> the Wessels. Where are the nuclear Wessels? The Wessels. <laughs> then where are your nuclear Wessels? <laughs> we were not supposed to meet. You know, and she lives in the next village, and she's ready for marriage. We were not supposed to meet until the wedding, but I wanted to make sure. So I sneak into her village, hid behind a tree, watch her washing the clothes. I think... If I don't like the way she looks, I don't marry her. But she looks very nice to me. So I say, okay, to the man. We get married. <laughs> we married for 55 years. <laughs> and that, that's the whole, you know, that, that that's basically takes up the entire minute, his little story. I, I like the fact that they give us, you know, with all of these documentary couples, the stories are all very different. Yeah. And I like the fact. This is basically... The first one that's dealing with matchmakers and stuff like that. Arranged marriage, yeah. It's, Arranged I, I marriage, it's, it's exactly. A, it's it's probably the one that is the strangest to watch. I mean, I mean, you know, cultural differences, whatever, you know. But just the concept of a of an arranged marriage or a matchmaker is just something that in Western culture is not, you know, <laughs> a part of our you know, what we deal with there. And so it's a, it's a, you know, one of the most unusual, I think of the, of the stories here. And it's, it's strange just because the wife just sits there and nods. She doesn't yeah, say she's, anything. She, she shakes her, she shakes her head in agreement throughout the entire time. And when, when he compliments her by saying, but she looks very nice to me, she actually smiles, you know, mm -hmm. but I, again, I think this is once again, trying to show us, the generational gap and also the cultural and gap. The cultural, yeah. Because you know, you know, something that we've we've discussed with earlier documentary couples, you know, like some of them reminded us uh, of like our grandparents and things like that. You know, how the woman would just sit there and wouldn't say anything. You know, would would maybe put her arm on the on the man's arm. Mm -hmm. You know, put her hand on the man's arm, things like that. So here, this you can look at it from a cultural perspective. I mean, think about it. This is 1988. Okay. Um, now the characters of Harry and Sally get married, you know, in sometime in '89. Uh, spoiler for anyone who didn't know that, <laughs> and you know, and they're obviously also one of these documentary couples. So, you know, let's assume that this was filmed in either '88 or '89. Okay, if they're married for 55 years, it means that they got married in 1933. Mm -hmm. Okay, a couple who got married in 1933 in in the Orient 
would be, you know, it makes sense that this is possibly the way that, that the woman would act. Sure. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm not trying to bring up stereotypes or anything like that, but that's just the way that, yeah. that it, it seems. Right. You know, and, and so I think from that perspective, it works. And, and to, to bring in a Japanese couple, uh, assume it, uh, I assume it's a Japanese couple, to bring in an Oriental couple like this with the intention of trying to, you know, deal with, okay, here's a different t- kind of marriage that has apparently worked, at least for, for them, for 55 years. You know, we, we know that, that all of the documentary couples, are ba- their stories are based on yeah. real stories. You know, we, we, we don't know who most of them are. We know who two of them are. One of them is uh, Nora Ephron's parents, and one of them is a good friend, uh, one of the producer's parents, mm. uh, Alan Horn. That was the first couple, and the, the couple that, that we actually just met, uh, I think it was last week. Uh, you know, the 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 couple where they were where they met in camp, where they were counsel- uh-huh. they were head counselors. That was actually Nora Efron's parents. Oh, okay. That was their story. So, you know, so I mean, first of all, you know, what what they're also trying to say here is is that here's another example of a couple who didn't know it didn't you know, who somehow lasted for so long. You know, we're, we're not 100% sure the point of all, of, you know, like how they're going to try and tie together all of these documentary couples, you know, besides the fact that they're all strange uh, courting stories, mm-hmm. I guess you can say. Yeah. That's probably the closest you can get to because there's, there's really no connecting thread between all of them besides that. Well, and I've always kind of thought there's a maybe – I mean, this is a very New York movie, and I've kind of always felt like the the documentary couples kind of, you know, represent that diversity, that melting pot that we associate with with New York. You know, the people that that's the place that people come when they come to the U.S. and and you know that there's just so many different types of cultures and backgrounds that are represented in the citizens of that city. And you know, I and I think that you know, several of these couples, they definitely have that kind of New York feel to them, you know? So I've always kind of seen that as kind of an extension right. of kind of the, the New York-ness of this movie, you know? Okay. That's fair. I mean, one of the things also here that I, that I like about this is that, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's actually funny because Peter Pan was, was born in China in 1903, but uh, Jane Chang was born ah. in San Francisco. <laughs> You know, just a few years later. So that could be one of the reasons why she didn't talk at all, because she wouldn't talk with with an mm. Oriental accent wow. like he does. The thing know. that always stands out for me about her is that the shock of is white, the white hair. Yeah, the, the white streak in the hair. When I do that, I always think of Rogue <laughs> from X Men. <laughs> it it actually makes me think of of uh, Sam Beckett. Oh uh, yeah, you know from Quantum Leap. How he has that uh, that little uh, you know tough of of uh, mm-hmm. of white hair, you know, in front. But who knows? So, what do you do? You know what a fifty-five year anniversary is called? You know, like every year anniversary has a name for it. You know, like the first anniversary right, is the right. paper anniversary, and the 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 twenty-fifth anniversary is is you know the 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 the, the golden, and the fiftieth is. Silver and the seventy fifth. Oh, sorry. Maybe no. I mix those up. 
25th is silver yeah. and the 50th is gold and then 75 is diamond. Yeah. So what is 55? Do you have any idea? Since I have no idea, I'm going to say chocolate because why not? There should be chocolate. There is one that is chocolate. Is there, really? there, there is one that's chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember which one it is, but I do remember hearing that chocolate was uh, was was one of them. But no, it's not 55. <laughs> 55 is actually the emerald. Ah. So she's wearing like yep. green jewelry. I don't think it's emerald, but probably like more like jade or something like that. But I mean, that appropriate, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. So I, I actually just quit a, did a quick search, but I wasn't able to find anything on I know that uh, I think sugar is. No, six is iron. Six is iron. Five is wood. Mm-hmm. Seven is copper. Um, so I don't really know if there is one for for uh, chocolate. Okay, here you have. Okay, first one's paper. Second is cotton. Third is leather. Linen, wood, iron, copper, bronze, willow, tin, steel, silk, lace, ivory, crystal, china. Uh, sorry, crystal is 15, China is 20, silver is 25. I guess, you know, in between, they don't count. Yeah. Um, pearl is 30, coral is 35, ruby is 40, sapphire is 45, gold is 50, emerald is 55, diamond 60. Really? I thought diamond was, I thought 75 was diamond. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, 65 is blue sapphire, 70 is platinum, and 80 is oak. Huh. <laughs> I guess they figure most people don't make it to eighty, so like let's just let's just do something by that you know something they could still pick up at that point. Yeah, by that oak yeah. necklace. Then, yeah, a uh, little little piece of wood. So it sounds like pearl is the one that I'm coming up on. Not this year, but next year will be thirty for for my wife and I. So. No, nope. very nice, very nice. Yeah, no, I, I since I'm on my second marriage, I I I had to you know I I my my count was reset. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm only at 13 so you don't get to combine you know. them no that doesn't work <laughs> so, right this this year will be my lace lace uh, this past year was silk and this coming year is lace no don't get to combine them which is fine you know i'm, I'm willing to, to 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 not count the first one <laughs> not a problem with that and the uh um so basically the the reason that they call it an emerald that, that 55 is emerald because it's uh, it's believed to symbolize eternal commitment. Hmm, okay. An emerald. Okay. And they, they say that the emeralds change shades if a partner is ever unfaithful. I don't know if that's – it's not a mood ring, so I don't know how that works. But <laughs> They also say that, that, uh, that an emerald represents rebirth suggesting that even after 55 years together, a couple can continue to learn and grow together through new experiences. Huh. Well, you know, Emerald Horse always makes me think of the Wizard of Oz, the Emerald City, which... That's right. It, and we and yesterday we were talking about, uh, you know, red suede shoes. Yeah. Well, you know, with the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz, too, the, that's one of the things that... I, well, the movie does a lot of things different than the book, but... Uh, I always remember that in the book, the Emerald City isn't actually green, but everybody there has to wear green tinted glasses so that it all looks like it is. Um, yeah. So interesting. 
that, that I never knew that. Let's see, there you go. And what do you think the the uh, anniversary flower of the fifty fifth year is? I have no idea. I can't hardly remember flowers. Uh, it's a, a, a calla lily, which represents devotion and and magnificent beauty. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. So towards the last few seconds of this of this minute we have on on the screen it says four months later which uh, i i like the fact that they tell us that that this is probably like april may something like that you it's know, warmer uh, out now you can tell it's yeah definitely warmer out and we they're see they're not wearing heavy uh, coats anymore correct and we see on on uh, it's a shot of of uh you know, a street in Manhattan, and we can see the sign for the sharper image. So what what do you know about the sharper image? I know it was a store at our malls when I was a teenager that we would always make sure to visit but never buy anything from because it was not really in a teenager's uh, price range. But we always used to go to look at the weird stuff. Yes. Exactly. I, I I recall that same thing. So the Sharper Image is a uh, is is a store that uh, dealt with uh, home electronics, air purifiers, gifts, and other high tech lifestyle products. All right. It was uh, originally uh, founded by a man named Richard Thalheimer in nineteen seventy seven. And he was actually uh, in charge of it until they closed in 2008. They had dozens of retail stores, right? And at the beginning, all they did was sell watches. They sold jogging watches. And then they started expanding their products. And they would include high-end futuristic gadgets, electronics, massage chairs, air purifiers, and they they eventually had 187 stores in 38 states, mm-hmm. which just blows my mind the number of of uh, you know stores that they had. It was you know it was one of those ones that was in every mall. You know, I mean yes, but like you said, most people you know wouldn't necessarily buy the things there yeah. because they're not useful. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. fun to play <laughs> with for five minutes, and that's it. I mean, it, it was almost like one of those novelties of going to the mall. You know, it wasn't so much Correct. something that you went to the mall for, you know, but you're like, well, we're at the mall. And, hey, we ate at the food court. We, you know, <laughs> we we rode the merry-go-round. Let's go over to the Sharper Image. <laughs> exactly. For sure. And they ended up declaring bankruptcy in 2008. And by the end of 2008, they had closed every one of their stores. Mm. Then I guess in, I haven't been in the mall for a long time, so I didn't even realize it. <laughs> well, no. One second. Then in 2011, someone actually bought the brand in order to be able to reuse it. And then a company uh, known as 360 Group, which uh, in December 2016, they also owned FAO Schwartz, uh, Vornado Air, and they they ended up uh, relaunching the idea of Sharper Image with new logos, styling, slogans. Uh, the new slogan is "Tomorrow's Tomorrow." Oh, and new products and things like that. So it's it's been around again since 2019. Mm, okay. 
So that, that that still you know it still works. Well, we haven't been out much since <laughs> 2019, you know. So <laughs> that that's true also. That is definitely true. Um, their headquarters were in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Woohoo! Where I've you know oh, I've been right. yeah. I've been I've been to Farmington Hills. I, I probably have never been to the Sharper Image headquarters. That I probably wasn't, but I do remember like you as a kid going into Sharper Image uh, stores and uh, you know playing with the gadgets and yeah. always saying to myself, "I'm never going to buy this." Right. Who but it was it was also it was. Yeah. Exactly. It was like movies like this and movies like Big that made you want to go into these stores and just play with things. You know? Right. <laughs> because if in movies they can do that, why can't I do it? You know, that type of thing. So do you have anything else you want to say before we get into the script? No, let's take a look at the script. All right. So the, the script, um, first of all, as I mentioned earlier, the little tease, you know, it starts off with Harry and Sally. Uh, it says they look at one another and then Sally turns to Harry and says, Hagen does? And then Harry says, uh, frozen gladia, <laughs> and then the two of them together say Steve's. Now I don't know what what Steve's is, but the idea is, is that they're like, mm. okay, let's just go somewhere together, forget about everything else that uh, that just happened here. You know, let's let's move on. At least we, you know we'll we'll have an enjoyable evening, uh, despite the fact that that neither of us uh, found our future mates. You know, with Jess or Steve's or Marie. It's an ice cream parlor. I just took a look. Steve's ice cream. So since they're talking about Hagen Dazs and such, right. that's probably they're they're looking at different options for ice cream and they settle on Steve's. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um and this the the Oriental couple does not appear at all in the script. They they once again have a montage of numerous couples that are talking here. This is they're bringing back one of the the other couples from the previous montage where it says woman A, but he didn't pay any attention to me that day. He was hanging around a fancy schmancy girl named Rebecca Draper, and I didn't like him. And then the man says, and I didn't like her, and that's the truth. And then the woman says, six months later, though, we met again at a Spanish Civil War rally. And the man says, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, it doesn't really work. <laughs> I'm glad they changed it. I, I like the, the mm. this couple because, you know, this couple in a way, have, have you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Actually, no, I have not seen Fiddler on the Roof. Ooh, okay. So one of the, the big themes in Fiddler on the Roof is the idea, you know, the, the, the couple, the main couple actually, you know, were, you know, it deals a lot with matchmaking yes. and things like that. I so know the song. One of the things that the matchmaker, right. matchmaker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So one of the, the things is, you know, that, okay, here you have a couple who have been married for 30 years or 25 years. And, you know, do they love each other? Right. And, you know, they didn't know each other beforehand. They were, they were set up. So it's the same type of idea here, you know, that here's a couple that were set up and, you know, they're, they're still happy after 55 years. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that type of connection of what they're trying to show here. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so it works. It works uh, from my perspective. So every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, courting dating edition, where my guest will give some sort of adventure, misadventure story, uh, anecdote, something that happened to them over the course of their lives that is somehow related to dating or courting. <laughs> so, Todd, can you go back into your 30 
plus your history <laughs> and try and think of something. This was uh... this was a challenge because I, I I'm like I don't have that many you know interesting things when it comes to dating. But the the first thing that came to mind, you know, this is just very simple. But you know, being a movie fan, um, my first date with my uh, my wife. Uh, ended up being going to a movie. We went to see Beauty and the Beast, the animated Disney movie. This would have been a ooh, I, I, that means um, 1991. Well, 92 actually, because it came out at Christmas time, right. and so we uh, okay. this would have been after it had been out for a few weeks. Uh, I, I want to say it was in February of 92, um, and um, so yeah, we went to see Beauty and the Beast, and so that's always been a a special thing for us. And then back a few years ago, when the uh, live action remake came out, the timing of that release had it where it was coming out um, right at the anniversary. Came out like in March. March yeah, or, I, March or well, April, I, I think. I think it would have been March then. So maybe maybe it was March when I our first date was. I'm struggling to remember. But I remember that we were able to go see the remake of Beauty and the Beast on the anniversary day of our first date so uh so we were able to to see beauty Be and the beast again but in a different form and not as good of a form but still it was fun to to go and have that experience to kind of celebrate the anniversary with a different version of the same movie so that's really cool i i i like that i like that so it, it debuted beauty and the beast came out on uh the 17th of march 2017 okay so, yeah, because I, I want to say it was that weekend, you know, that it came out. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the anniversary of our first date. So, yeah. So the timing was just right. If the timing was right, it works. All right. Great story. Thank you very much. So, Todd, you want to once again tell people how they can find Todd Liebenau? Yeah, so the blog is Forgotten Films. That's at ForgottenFilmCast.wordpress.com. You'll also find links there to my podcast, which is called The Forgotten Filmcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Forgotten Films. That's films with a Z. All right, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, MovieRoundMinute.com. So, Todd, you feel like coming back in tomorrow? Let's do it. All right, so until tomorrow... I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's Gave having. Me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you. <laughs> <laughs>